Welcome to Rethink, the podcast that empowers you to challenge your existing beliefs and embrace new, more productive ways of thinking. Here at Rethink, we believe that the key to self-fulfillment lies in shattering old thought patterns and adopting new mindsets that support personal growth and empowerment. With expert guests and thought leaders from a wide range of fields, we explore strategies and insights that can help you achieve success and fulfillment in all areas of your life. From relationships to career, business ownership, and health, you are the source of your own success. We're just here to help you tap into your true potential and create a brighter future. So join us on the journey of personal growth and empowerment, and let's rethink what's possible for our lives. Today on Things You Should Know, the history of Black History Month. Stick around. Here at Things You Should Know Podcast, our focus varies from commonly asked questions like, what are the top email apps for iPhone users? Or how much does it cost to go to Disney World anyway? To the trending topics of the day, such as, are taxes going up or down? And who's Elon Musk? We shed light on things you probably have always wondered about, but you never got around to investigating them yourself. This podcast brings you the answers to your most commonly asked questions and makes you smarter just by listening. Information empowers, and the more information you have, the better decisions you can make, and ultimately, your quality of life is based on the decisions you make. So, thanks for joining the discussion, and make sure that you subscribe today and not miss out on any future episodes of Things You Should Know. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Kelly, your host, and you've reached, I almost said Black History Month, because that's what we're going to be talking about today, but you've reached things you should know. And on this channel, we basically answer questions that uh, you've probably thought about, heard other people talk about, and just hadn't had the opportunity to um, qualify for yourself. So we do the hard work for you. So all you have to do is listen. So thank you for hanging out with me today. Today's uh, research brings us to a very uh, interesting topic. We're not going to necessarily talk black history, but we're going to talk the history of black history, Black History Month, which I guess uh, is black history in itself. So let's get going. Uh, black History Month, Black History Month. The articles, I'm going to give you the resources that I use uh, on the front end of this because uh, this is only really a snapshot to kind of get you going in terms of understanding where it came from. But of course, uh, there's some additional sides to every story. So an event that you want to go out and do a little bit more investigating yourself, uh, the majority of this came from the uh, ASALH website, which you'll learn during this particular um, study is the Association for the Studies of African-American Life and History. As well, uh, we pulled some information from the History Channel and History.com. So let's get going. So Black History Month is an annual celebration of achievements by African-Americans and a time for recognizing their centrality and their central role in U.S. history. 
Now, this was also known as African-American History Month, not just Black History Month, African-American History Month, as the event grew out of what was then called the Negro History Week. This was the brainchild and the central historian, the noted historian, Carter G. Woodson and other prominent African-Americans. Now, it is important to note that this is not just a U.S. holiday. There are many countries around the world, other than the U.S., that celebrate and have a Black History Month. Other countries, such as Canada and United Kingdom, also uh, set aside a month to celebrate Black History. Now, the story of Black History Month began in 1915, half a century after the 13th Amendment, 13th Amendment, of course, is what abolished slavery in the United States. That September, Mr. Woodson, who is a Harvard-trained historian and prominent minister Jesse E. Moreland, they founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. It was an organization dedicated to the researching and the promoting of achievements by black Americans and other people of African descent. Now, known today, the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History, which is what I was telling you about before, where this article, most of this information is coming from. The group sponsored a National Negro History Week starting in 1926, choosing the week, the second week of February, to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. The event inspired schools and communities nationwide to also organize their local celebrations and establish history clubs and to host performances and lectures. In the following decades, mayors across the U.S., many cities across the country, began issuing yearly proclamations recognizing Negro History Week. And by the late 1960s, thanks in part to the, of course, civil rights movement and a growing awareness of black identity, Negro History Week had evolved into Black History Month on many college campuses. President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month in 1976, calling upon the public to, quote, seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history, end quote. So this is sort of a summary But I wanted to dig a little deeper, find out a little bit more about our central character, Mr. Woodson. And so we're going to go a little deeper. All right. So the story of Black History Month begins in Chicago, and it was during the summer of 1915. Uh, An alumnus of the University of Chicago with many friends in the city, Carter G. Woodson, traveled from Washington, D.C. to participate in the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the emancipation this was sponsored by the state of Illinois. Thousands of African-Americans, as a matter of fact, were traveling across the country to see these exhibits, which highlighted the progress of their people and the achievements they made since the destruction of slavery. Awarded a doctorate in Harvard three years earlier, Woodson joined the other exhibitors with the black history display of his own. Despite being held in the Coliseum, the site of the 1912 Republican Convention, an overflow crowd of six to 12,000 waited outside for their turn to view these exhibits. Inspired by the three-week celebration, Woodson 
decided to form an organization to promote the science study, the scientific study, I'm sorry, of black history and history before leaving town. On September the 9th, Woodson met at the uh, what's called the Wabash, W-A-B-A-S-Y-M-C-A, with then A.L. Jackson and three others, and he formed the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Uh, he hoped that others would popularize these findings that he and his colleagues published in the Journal of Negro History. Starting in 1916 and as early as 1920, Woodson urged black civic organizations to promote the achievements that researchers were uncovering. A graduate member of Omega Psi Phi, he urged his fraternity brothers to take up the work. So those who are not familiar with Greek letter organizations, Omega Psi Phi is one of uh, a few uh, of the Panhellenic group of uh, fraternities that were formulated on historically black colleges and university campuses. And so Mr. Uh, Carson was a member of Omega Psi Phi. And in 1924, they responded, his fraternity brothers responded with the creation of Negro History and Literature Week, which they later renamed uh, Negro Achievement Week. Their outreach was significant. But Woodson wanted a greater impact. He told an audience at Hampton uh, Hampton Institute, we're going back to that beautiful history. Quote, we're going back to that beautiful history and it's going to inspire us to greater achievements, end quote. And in 1925, he decided that the association had to show the most of that responsibility. So going forward, uh, it would both create and popularize knowledge about the black past. He sent out a press release announcing Negro History Week in February 1926. It's commonly said that Woodson selected February to encompass the birthdays of two great Americans who played such prominent roles in the shaping of black history, namely Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass, whose birthdays on February the 12th and the 14th, respectively. Now, more importantly, he chose them for the reasons of tradition. And this is very important to know because this, this is where you kind of get into why we do what we do. Since Lincoln's assassination in 1865, the black community, along with other Republicans, had been celebrating the fallen president's birthday. So many people don't realize that two things out of that statement. Many people don't realize, number one, that the Republican Party was uh, what the Democratic Party is today in terms of its association with people of color. And most black people were Republicans in those days. And then, two, that most uh, black communities were celebrating or commemorating the assassination of uh, President or fallen President Lincoln. And since the late 1890s, black communities across the country had also been celebrating Frederick Douglass's uh, birthday. Well, after, well, I'm sorry, well aware of the pre-existing celebrations, Woodson built Negro History Week around traditional days of commemorating the black past. He was asking the public to extend their study of black history, not to create a new tradition. So Woodson aimed to reform uh, the study uh, and this uh, particular celebration, he wanted to reform it and um, make it more than the celebration of, t- of these two great men. Uh, 
He wanted to make it about the race and not the actual men. Uh, now, he admired both of these men. And he was fond of uh, both of these guys. But Woodson, according to to this write up, had never been fond of the celebrations held in their honor. He railed against the what he called ignorant spellbinders who addressed large crowds, gatherings and displayed their lack of knowledge about the men and their contributions to history. And more importantly, Woodson believed that history was made by the people. By the people not simply or primarily by great men. He envisioned the study and the celebration of the Negro as a race, not simply as the producers of a great man. And Lincoln, however great, had not freed the slaves. The Union Army, including hundreds of thousands of black soldiers and sailors, had done that. So rather than focusing on these two men, The black community, he believed, should focus on the countless black men and women who had uh, contributed to the advancement of human civilization. So this understanding of, number one, our core character, who is Mr. Woodson, and his ability or his desire even to want to organize uh, for the reasons of the extending and the creation of organizations that would assist people, not just black people, primarily black people, but not just people of color, to understanding the significant roles that African-Americans and then called black Americans played in the, in, you know, in the creation of the United States. And he wanted to go beyond just individuals. He wanted to be focused on the race. And I think that is such an important thing to understand here. Because a lot of times we get micro hyper focus on details. And uh, a lot of times still today, obviously, we have people who are, you know, what he called these ignorant spellbinders. And unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, we've got a lot more avenues for people uh, to share their opinion and voices and get in front of people. And sometimes that's good. But in other times, uh, it's not so good because the information that's being shared is not accurate and it is not uh, helpful. So he was concerned about all of that. Uh, Before his death in the 1950s, Woodson believed that the weekly celebrations, not the study or the celebration of black history, would eventually come to an end. So, in fact, Woodson never viewed black history as a one week affair. He pressed for schools to use Black History Week to demonstrate what students learned all year round. In the 1940s, efforts began slowly within the black community to expand the study of black history in the schools and black history celebrations before the public. In the South, Black teachers often taught Negro history as a supplement to the United States history. Well, listen, I I think if you in my age bracket, I was in school. uh, I was born in the 70s. I was in high school in the 80s, college in the 90s. And if you consider the last few years, uh, what we know and how we're being taught, comparatively speaking, Unless you had significant uh, supplemental studies given to you by some great educator or your parents, 
you knew very little about black history. You knew very little about any other history of the United States other than white history because the history was designed uh, to tell a certain story or give a certain depiction or perception of the United States and of America. You can say the same thing about indigenous people uh, in the United States. You can say the same thing about the contributions to Chinese or to any other cultures that were here, but primarily because African-Americans were enslaved and basically built the United States. There's very little about that story being taught, and there are very little truths in the stories that are being taught. So it has to be reconciled. And in this day, there were supplemental studies being given by teachers uh, to ensure that students were getting some semblance of their own history because it was not in the textbooks that were distributed to the schools. So in the 1960s, um, the 60s had a dramatic effect on the study and the celebration of black history. And of course, you know anything about the 60s, this is when we had the majority of the movement around the civil rights. And before the decade was over, uh, Negro History Week uh, would be well on its way to becoming Black History Month. The shift to month-long celebrations began even before uh, Dr. Woodson uh, transitioned or died. In 1976, 50 years after the first celebration, the association used its influence to institutionalize the shifts from a week to a month and from Negro history to black history. Since the mid 70s, every single American president, Democrat or Republican, has issued proclamations endorsing the association's annual theme. So that is the history of Black History Month. Uh, each time we do certain inserts like this and studies like this, there are always characters that come to light. Obviously, our main character in this story is the gentleman, the historian, uh, the Harvard grad, Carter G. Woodson. This was a brainchild of his, along with Jesse E. Moreland and the, uh, the Association of the Study of Negro Life and History. This, this foundation is in existence today. It is called the Association for the Studies of African American Life and History. And it does bear his picture on the website as well as the insignia or logo. So uh, that is to say, uh, we'll some point dig a little deeper into Mr. Woodson and find out a little bit more about him. But I wanted to bring this to you today because uh, not only is it important to know um, about people uh, in this month, we've always dedicated uh, February to African-Americans. And in some ways, I'm appreciative of it. Other ways, I think it's silly uh, because we should be learning as much uh, uh, about people every day, not with, notwithstanding any month. Uh, I think it's significant, though, that we do have the month because of how far this country and this world has come in terms of race relations. But having just a month to talk about uh, a particular race indicates how far we still have to go. So while being optimistic, I'll simply say 
that uh, I, I want all of us to really put our best foot forward for Black History Month and do as much as we can. We're going to do here on the broadcast. We're going to really highlight some areas uh, and bring some things to your attention that um, are going to be really insightful, like we always do. It just be centered around uh, Black history, African-American history. But we're not just going to do it here in February. Uh, we're going to do it all the time. These are empowering uh, stories, not just for African-Americans, but it should be for anyone. And really not just for Americans, any people. These are people's stories. Overcoming odds and becoming achievers are people's stories. So uh, the theme, let me just give you this before we close out. The theme for this year is uh, for Black History Month, because each year they have a theme, uh, Black Family, Representation, Identify, and Diversity. I'm sorry, identity and diversity. So it's representation, identity and diversity explores uh, the African um, family, African-American family all across the U.S. So black family is the theme this this particular uh, year. I found an interesting fact while I was doing the study as well. Uh, did you know that the NAACP was founded on February the 12th, the centennial anniversary of the birth of Abraham Lincoln? So many of these celebrations and these organizations were established in and around these already celebrated days within our community. And in many ways, that's very smart because you didn't have to create new things because these things were already happening. You just tied your you know, wagon to, to some things that were already going and they kind of help you and you kind of build a message as you go. So anyway, this has been the history of why and how Black History Month came to be. Hope you've enjoyed this. If you're not done so already, please make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Please share our content with your family, friends and associates. We'll be most appreciative and we'll see you in about two days time. Thanks. That's all for today's episode of Rethink. We hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new ideas and perspectives and found valuable insights and strategies that you can apply to your life. Remember, you are the source of your own success and fulfillment. And by embracing new ways of thinking, you can unlock your true potential and yes, create the life that you truly desire. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, your family members, your loved ones and associates, and even your followers on social media. Also, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Lastly, don't forget to check out our show notes for free downloads and empowering ebooks that can help you on your journey of personal growth and empowerment. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We look forward to exploring more ideas and insights with you in the next episode of Rethink.